Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Donald, the most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. I'm Steve Cypress, here with my co-host, Everett Farnell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. That's President Donald Trump podcast to you. This is your host, Steve Cypress, along with my better half, my other host, the co-host with the most, Mr. Ever Farnell. I am, as always, just incredibly excited to be here. And this is going to be another amazing, fantastic, ridiculously powerful week for our listeners. So, uh, So I'm excited to get started. What we're looking for in this episode is if people can just take one thing away from it, that would be good. Yes. If there's just a single thing that they want to take away from this podcast, we hope they, they're good, we're going to give that to them. And that's really what it's all about. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's what we're talking about this week. What, the, how, uh, how about that? That's the topic yes, we're talking about, about this week. You know, As I look and as we're recording that, this is the week that they've started the question and answering and the peppering and the attacking of the Supreme Court nominee – uh, Donald Trump, who goes up in front of the Congress, and they all, you know, do whatever they do, and then they vote for him. And so this reminded me of during the election, you know, this is like the one thing that many of Donald Trump's voters, the, the one reason they voted for him. They don't care about all the rest of the crap. In fact, they more than that. They put up with all the rest of the crap and the baggage that Donald Trump comes with because... It's a binary choice, and they did not want to see a progressive get in there and put another liberal justice on the court and then take their guns away and then make uh, abortion, you know, on demand, legal for everybody every day and make gay marriage a necessity and, you know, whatever people are afraid of that are conservatives. They didn't want any of that happening, so they put up with all the nonsense of Donald Trump, and we watched them through the – it was quite comical, actually, to watch them through the campaign season – twisting themselves into multiple pretzels, coming up with excuses about why they're voting for Donald Trump, even though, take the evangelicals. We're rock-solid evangelicals behind Donald Trump, and this is one of the main reasons, because he'll put a conservative on the Supreme Court and do conservative things in the Hobby Lobby and the Sisters of the Little Cake Baking and the whatever's going on, we'll all start to come out on our side. And then the question would come back of like, yeah, but he's Donald Trump. He's, you know, come on, he's the furthest thing from you on earth, Mr. Evangelical, you know, pastor of whatever. And then, oh, well, yeah, oh, but, oh, ah, what, yeah, well, but God has grace and, oh, ah, listen to yourself. Donald Trump, he's been married three times, he's had affairs with, he's grabbing women by the whatever, he's like, uh, never been, he, he claims that he has the Bible of the, he can't even name a book of the Bible, I mean, are you, yes, but. He's our man. We're the image. You know, and so, the, and there was that group. And then there's a group that voted for him just because 
you know, the big business, he's going to lower taxes. So business people, corporate. And then there's the coal miner. Well, we're going to vote for him because he's going to get the coal miners back to the work and, and allow more fracking in, calling this, that group. So, you know, Trump put out all these outrageous plans, statements, promises, whatever you want to call them, and he got all kinds of voters to be single-issue supporters of his and overlook the 99% of the rest of the crap that is like, the worst imaginable abomination of a of a candidate they could ever even think of voting for. It's pure brilliance. It is brilliant. There's no question that if you can hit on that one issue, on what we call the hot button, right? The hot button close is what Tommy Hopkins used to call it. Then you can uh, you can close them. You can close. In Trump's case, he was closing for a vote. In the business owner's case, he's closing for a sale. But whatever that hot button is, if you smash it, you got them. And that's what our topic today is obviously one issue voters from Trump. Well, it is, and we're going to talk about one issue buyers. But before I get exactly. to that, one more one issue is it's very sad that Trump has figured out the one issue for his, his own Republicans in the Congress that are anti-Trumpers, because there are plenty of them that want to vote against this uh, health care, Obamacare, you know, light bill or whatever. And by, by the time... You know, this airs every Saturday, but to be transparent about it, we record this before Saturday, and the vote has not taken place yet, so we don't know if they voted yes, no. But I, I am seeing all this, like, that he's trying to conjole them and close them into voting his way. And so he goes to the one hot button, and it's so sad that the hot button you see reported is he's threatening them like, I mean, are you aware of, like, what he's threatening them if they don't vote his way on the bill? No, I, I He threatens them that if they don't, and again, this... You know, it's already happened now, so we'll just say he threatened them that if they didn't vote his way on that bill, that they would lose their seat in the next election. Uh -huh. And immediately I thought, like, yeah, see, Trump knows you take their, what they want. Now, I'm thinking in my non-as-diabolical-as-Trump world way, hey, you know, Trump's the deal-maker, he's the art of the deal, he's Mr. I'll-make-a-deal. All he has to do is figure out what all these Congress people want and do some politics and say, you know, if you vote for my bill, then I'll allow you to have that waterway built into your town, or I'll put that airport into your area, or I'll build a factory in your town, and do all this. And then I realized, no, he figured out the hot money for all of them. Unfortunately and sadly, it's the only real thing they all care about. It's certainly the thing they care about most. It's pretty much the only thing they care about is getting reelected, is themselves. That's the only that's the, the only reason they care about the only the, uh, thing they care about. They don't give a so, crap about their voters in their area unless it helps them get elected. So Trump just goes right to the bottom line and says, hey, if you don't vote for my bill, you're probably going to lose your seat. And that's his shot going right to their hot button. All they mm -hmm. want is to get their own seat. They don't really give a crap. Everything else is just a means to the end. Anytime they would do anything I just talked about, build a waterway or get money for highways or schools or anything in their area is all just to keep their job. So Trump exactly. found their one hot button. So the question is, you've got plenty of one-issue buyers in your area. So tell us, Everett, how does a, a person, a business owner, take advantage? How, I mean, how would you even know in your sales and marketing on your website or in, a, in an ad or anything you're doing, how do you know what's the one hot button that, that people in your area have? The biggest hot button people mostly think about, business owners generally think about, is price. And that's exactly the hot button you want to avoid. You don't want to be the guy who's selling to the people who are making their decision based on price, unless it's the person making a decision based on price and that he wants to pay more so that he has bragging rights. That is applicable to some businesses, and in that case, you're good. 
Right. Well, that's, a great, that's a great tip right there is you don't want to go to, because that's what they'll say, and but they'll only say that when you say, you know, what's your criteria for your buying decision? They'll yeah, only that's... say, well, how much? Or that's the first question left. Because you haven't trained them properly on what they should be asking and what they should be caring about, that they don't know right. any better. But they that's really exactly. don't, they don't care know. about the price, and they don't want the cheapest price. If they did, in their driveway would be a used 1982 Yugo. They would be wearing clothes from the Goodwill, they would be eating uh, ramen noodles every day. I mean, they do not want the cheapest price. The number of people who generally buy based on price is about 5%. And the worst economy, it can stretch up to about 20%. But it never goes over that. So even in the worst economy, in Greece, only 20% of the people are buying based on price. Everybody else is buying based on other criteria. It's just when they don't have the context of what criteria they should be buying from. Now in Venezuela, they they're not time. even buying on that because there's nothing to buy. There's nothing. Yeah, but I mean that's a different story. <laughs> there's nothing to buy. Just you know, figured they, I'd they, throw that in there. Well, you threw in Greece. I figured I'd throw in Venezuela. Yeah, sure. Uh, so that's the first. But, but the real way that you want to hit, the best way to get the hot button is once you've sold to somebody, you want to go back and start asking them why they purchased. What was it about the purchase? And it's a painstaking process because you've, you're going to have to get somebody who knows how to talk to customers. Um, this is not something – I mean, you can do it with uh, mailed-out surveys, but the only way to get a reasonable amount of response on a mailed-out survey is to give them multiple-choice answers. But multiple-choice answers, unfortunately, limit the number of responses, so people tend to respond based on the multiple choices rather than based on reality. So, right. No, we really. The, this is an area you don't want to cut corners. You want yeah. to actually talk to people. You get somebody, you train them, you have them call your customers, and, and you have them call a number of them. Don't have them call 10. You know, I mean, call, obviously it depends on how many customers you have, but call a good sample size of your customer list. Talk with them. Find out why. Do some probing questions, right? Find out why they purchased. Then find out the, one, find out the most common ones. They're going to be outliers, whatever. But there's going to be three or five or ten most common reasons that people are buying. Now that gives you two huge tools. It gives you a great marketing tool and gives you a great operations tool. So let me give you an example. In the roofing business, where I came from, where I, where I played for, for several years and built a company and, you know, multi-million dollar company and blah, 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 whatever. What I came to realize is that we could put on a decent roof. As long as it passed code, we could put on a decent roof. However, if we show up on time, if we make sure that the, make sure that the property is completely cleaned up, and uh, we communicate with the homeowner and let them know what's going on and explain everything to them step by step along the way, then we could put on a mediocre roof and have an absolutely thrilled customer. However, if we put on the best roof ever, I mean, you're never going to have to put on another roof after this, but we missed those three things, then we had a pissed off customer. People were buying based on three things, and they were referring based on three things. So the roof, really, in that case, was almost secondary. The hot button was show up on time, communicate with the customer, and make sure that the yard was completely cleaned up. So what do you think went into our marketing? That what we do every day is we police through the yard three times, and we use these great magnets, and we do blah, 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 and our foreman, and you're going to have his telephone number. If you have any questions, you can call him anytime, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and they'll be by to communicate with you, and be, you know, you'll be getting phone calls. We, we just touched on all that stuff in the marketing, and then we did all of it, in, uh, in the operations, and, and and we focused more on that than on putting on a roof. Now, we did put on a great roof because you should put on a, you should fulfill, 
your product in a great way. Well, we but always say to people on. listening to this podcast that having an excellent product or service is the ante to get in the game. We're assuming that you do have an exactly. excellent product or service. We're talking exactly. about now how to get clients and customers. It's a totally different story. Every other roofing company in the area didn't focus on any of that stuff. They didn't focus on it operationally. They didn't focus on it. And, and you know what? I never had a problem. Even on the occasion we had to go back and do a small repair to a house or there was a little leak or something. You know, stuff happens sometimes in every business. We just go back and take care of it immediately. We were out there the next day. It was done courteously. Everything was taken care of. Everything was smiles and apologies and everything. And there was never an issue. Nobody ever got mad about the quality of the roof. What they did get mad, now we sold, a, we sold, high, we sold on high quality too. Uh, don't get me wrong. We sold high quality but materials, but nobody ever questioned the quality of the roof. And the reason is because we hit the hot button. And that, by the way, my dear listener, is a secret I have never told anybody up till now. This, you're getting it firsthand. It's the first time I've ever revealed that secret in many, many years. Well, that's why they're listening to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. And if you think that's great, dear listener, you want to go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com because we have an advanced tip like we always do every week. And the, if you think that was good, the advanced tip is going to blow you away. So Ever just told you how to find out the specific hot-button issues of your specific customers, clients, patients, members in your area. But remember, it really just takes one, and even if you don't know what they are, sometimes it just takes one. And you see Trump go out there and talk about, oh, I'm anti-illegal immigration, I'm the law and order guy, I'm going to lower taxes, I'm going to repeal Obamacare, I'm going to get a Supreme Court justice who's a conservative, and on and on through hitting topic after topic after topic, making promise after promise, and racking up single-issue hot-button voters enough that somehow it also helped that he was up against probably, well, I guess by definition, the worst political candidate in history to run for president. <laughs> and uh, all that put together, and he won. So you might not have the luxury Trump had. You might not have the absolute worst business people to compete with in your area. So it behooves you even more to take us up on this week's tip and go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com and you'll see the contact information for Everett and for myself. Get a hold of us and we'll help you with the advanced tip and we'll get you going to take advantage of this stuff. Excellent. Excellent. Absolutely. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure you go listen to the rest of the episodes by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time. Unless you like being a loser, some people do, I guess.